Hello and welcome to this week's Golf Alternative podcast, the only podcast out there that gives you the best in PGA Tour golf betting tips and of course the best in alternative music. My name is Martin Matthews and um, you can find me at Twitter on at Sundog Monkey, uh, and you can follow the pod at, at the Golf Alternative Pod. So um, it was another intriguing week uh, in um, where were we? the World's Fargo Championship, and we were up at TPC Potomac, and it was tough old grind for the players. They got uh, caught in a deluge and freezing cold conditions, but at the end of the day, it was uh, a fourth win in three years for Max Homer, and that's uh, some going. Um, from our point of view, it uh, was, again, another one of those frustrating weeks, and we'll recap the week in a minute and uh, go through uh, um, exactly how it was uh, missed as a good as a mile again for us. But uh, first of all, as you know, we always like to have a guest on the show, and um, I'm delighted to um, bring someone who's uh, not been on our pod before this week. Um, a lot of you will know him from Twitter. He's been having a cracking year with his selections this year, uh, far, doing far better than I'm, I am this year, I must say. But um, uh, I'm delighted to welcome Adam Watson uh, and the villain. I believe he's a Villa fan, and uh, we might touch on that in a minute. But um, uh, Adam, uh, are you out there, and can you hear me? I am. Hello, Martin. Good evening, and um, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Really, really appreciate it, and uh, it's fabulous to have you on the pod. So, uh, really looking forward to uh, talking through this week's uh, Byron Nelson event with you, and of course, recapping last week, and really looking forward to your music selections because you've um, uh, certainly a man into your music. So, that, that's fantastic. So, um, Byron Nelson, anyway, um, sorry, not Byron Nelson, Wells Fargo last week. Before we get onto the Byron Nelson, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Uh, Wells Fargo last week, a, a fourth win in um, three years for Max Homer, saw off uh, the luckless Keegan Bradley. Um, what did you make of the event? Did you enjoy the grind in the, uh, the the wind and the rain and the cold? Do you like to see something like that every now and again? So the last, the last, the last month, I'd say, I haven't really enjoyed the golf that much in terms of watching it on TV. The Valero, the the Mexico was a bit disappointing for me in terms of, I don't know, I just, just found it quite hard to get into uh, the way it looked, all that sort of thing. Um, mm. But I absolutely loved the Wells Fargo. I thought it was, I thought it was brilliant. Real it is proper course, visually yeah. stunning. Um, I loved all those elevation changes on some of them holes. Uh, just seeing some of the players struggle, uh, the fact that you've got that actually off the tee that's so important, um, yeah, I thought it was really, really good. Brilliant. And um, it, I really enjoyed watching it as well. I mean, it's it's good because I, I think I put it on Twitter on um, Friday, uh, Friday evening. You In America, obviously, you associate rain with thunder and lightning most of the time, basically. So, so of course, you, you don't often like you would here at the open or, or what have you often get to see the guys out on the pga tour having to go a full day in those sort of you know persistent rain conditions and having to battle the elements like that because more often than not they'll be off the course for sort of um you know lightning in the area or, or whatever so um so it, it's really good to see them have a have a grind like that um, every now and again and um yeah um for, from the point of view of the event itself it was another frustrating one one for me i mean i probably sound like a stuck record so i'm not going to get the violins out this week like i did last week with ben but uh, um <laughs> we, we're just going through a trot at the moment um where sundays are not our friend at all so you, you know you get a little run sometimes where your 150 to one 
shot shoots a 65 on Sunday to nick a place or someone chips in at the last to nick a place or, you, you know, your man wins because someone three putts the last or whatever. Well, I'm, I'm just getting the opposite of that at the moment. And uh, uh, I had two guys who finished one shot out of the places last week. Har- Harmon, who couldn't hold a putt yesterday, he had about his worst strokes gained putting round that I can remember in a very long time. And I'll, I'll come on to him again a bit later. Uh, so, uh, and Ches Reavy, and they were both just one shot out of the places. Um, so, very frustrating. Um, did you have any joy in any of your um, any of your players uh, bring you a return? Yeah, so I did. So Cameron Young uh, landed me a place. I think he finished tied third in the end, didn't he? Um, uh, he did. And yes. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. gave it a bit of a run at the end. Last couple of holes, uh, I was just starting to think, you know, if he could birdie one or two of them last couple of holes, he he might scare the the last the group the last group uh, mm. and potentially, you know, force him into some. Um, mistakes or whatever but in the end max timer was just too good wasn't he um, he was he was um, and actually i think young in the end was tied second because i think uh, bradley bogey the last didn't he so um, oh that's uh, right he did yeah, yeah. He, he was tied second i'd only say that because my redeeming um redeeming factor on the week was as you might know and i'm sure the listeners will know i do the sunday final round preview for sporting life uh, and I put up um, Homer, which obviously wasn't a particularly left field selection, but I put up Homer at 11 to 4 yesterday morning. But I also put up Cam Young um, at 40 to 1, um, fifth of the odds, first three. Uh, so unfortunately, with Matt Fitzpatrick burning the last, that ruined the full outright place payout. But with yeah. Keegan bogeying the last, it was basically um, three players sharing two places. So uh, so that was yeah. a profitable day for me yesterday. But um, yeah, it still didn't disguise the disappointment from the, from the beginning of the week. Um, yeah. Uh, well, and I had Vegas in the running as well, but he he was looking good on the back nine um, mm. for at least, a, well, for a place anyway. Uh, but then he, he met, mucked up, I think, maybe bogeyed three of the last seven or eight holes i think it was um, right. he just he just drops out of places in the end so that's a bit of a shame yeah it is a bit uh so i've had a few of those of late so i can sympathize on that one um yeah what, what about over in um europe i didn't uh have it myself on the british masters did you uh, i mean it was fantastic to see Ollison getting back in the winner's enclosure and obviously what a way to win it did you did you follow that event closely any any joy there at all so I literally, so I, I did have a few sneaky little bets. Um, I had Kinholt, who was in the running, actually, until the last yep. round. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also had Armitage as well, because it just so happened that when I was when I was looking into Wells Fargo, I was using golf data, uh, mm-hmm. and Armitage was, like, popping up on the uh, strokes going approach. And I just thought, you know, I, him being on the DP's World Tour that that week i thought i'll give it a go and see i knew obviously yeah. the course required that sort of um that sort of game uh, mm. and he gave me a good run but wasn't to be on that on that final day which was a bit of a shame yeah um still you did better than i did with getting something back on cam young over at the wells fargo anyway and um as i say max homer i mean you, you know he's a he's a f- funny sort of player because um he, he tends to you, you know he's not mr consistent but um when he's up there he certainly knows how to close it out as he's uh obviously four wins in uh uh well three years now show so yeah next for him as a few people comments on as he needs to start challenging in the majors a little bit because he's done nothing in them so far so we'll, uh, we'll see yeah you're absolutely right it's, it's just the majors now isn't it yeah. um but it's, it's it's quite refreshing to see a guy that mm. clearly doesn't take himself too seriously 
you know mm. he's quite um he's like pro quite present on social media isn't he and he yeah, loves he to take a dig at people with their swings and all that sort of stuff mm. um so to see that type of person be so successful on the pga is uh is quite refreshing actually absolutely yeah he takes you know he's, he's certainly a character and you, you know you yeah. don't need, a, you don't need a, a, a tool full of robo pros do you so uh it's good to see the characters so uh, yeah i'm certainly a fan of his um someone who i wasn't particularly a fan of last week was uh sergio who i think uh, we need to reference before we move into uh um uh you, you know sort of looking ahead to the byron nelson and i'm assuming you picked up on uh, sergio's antics on um Thursday, I believe it was in the first round. Uh, uh, for anyone who didn't, uh, who was sort of on planet Mars over the weekend and missed all their golf, uh, Sergio um, uh, hit a uh, hit a ball, um, well OB into the sort of hazard or what have you uh, on on the first day. Um, I think it was the tenth hole, but I'm not going to swear blind to that. Um, and um, he was off off on the hunt for the ball, uh, and. Um, um, he was told he was on the three-minute clock, which it transpired was incorrectly advised. Uh, he, he was um, basically put on the clock while he was still trampling his way over there and, and actually uh, got there and started the search. So that was an incorrect ruling. But instead of saying, and I suppose it's easy for me to sit here because I was in the heat of the moment, but in, instead of um, uh, saying something like, hang on, rules official, I think you've got that wrong. I shouldn't be on the clock yet. Um, can we have a second opinion on that, please? Could you call it in? Uh, he decided he was going to throw his toys out of the pram and uh, uh, start ranting and get caught on, get, get, getting caught on the mic, saying that uh, he's um, he's off. He's not, um, uh, he, he can't wait to leave this tour and he won't have to deal with these people anymore and, and can't wait to go and, and what have you. And it just, I don't know what you thought, Adam, but it just struck me. It, it, I'll tell you what it reminded me of. It reminded me of when I was about seven or eight years old uh, and I'd be, you know, we'd be, we, we all had a mate when we were that young who'd be playing like cricket or something and he'd bring the stumps along. And if you got him out, he would say he wasn't going to play anymore and takes his stump, take his stumps home. So you were never allowed to get him out. Uh, you know, that sort of little tantrum that you get for, a, a, you know, a young kid. And I just thought, yeah, do we really need that? This tool that's paid him 54 million over however many years. And um, uh, okay, the ruling was wrong. He could have stated it was wrong, but um, I thought he went about it all, all, all wrong, basically. So uh, did, did you see it? What was your, what was your view on it, Adam? I did see it. Yeah, it was just very petulant, wasn't it? Um, I mean, I, I can't lie. You, you saying about, you know, age seven or eight that's probably what i was like on the golf course when i was about 10 or 11 when i first started it out but um yeah from a tour professional someone of his kind of experience uh okay i get it that he wants to leave and he wants to go elsewhere but and i and i, and I obviously there was a lot of frustration there if, if the rules official is trying to kind of accuse him of something that didn't happen um obviously that frustration is coming out but yeah i just didn't really it that outburst just seemed a bit off to me um and rightly so there was a lot of you kind of made of it as well and mm. um, i think he then avoided all all, all interviews in the after that yeah i don't unless he did something after the event finished i know as of yeah. you know, during the final round yesterday he hadn't done anything on the previous two or three sort of nights but um yeah he um uh it's just and we've seen it before from sergio obviously but uh yeah, uh, yeah he, as far as i'm concerned he can take take his bat and ball and go and play somewhere else basically so uh if he's gonna behave like that because um yeah I, I wasn't a fan of it so uh and on that note actually i'm gonna throw in my first musical pick for the week as, as those of you who 
regular listeners will know, we we put a music playlist out. Uh, I'm trying to do something a little bit different here from your average gold pod. We put a music playlist out, uh, very eclectic stuff, and you can listen to it on Spotify afterwards. Unfortunately, we can't put the songs in the pod because otherwise I'd be breaching copyright and could be fined by all kinds of people. But um, So you'll be able to listen to this playlist afterwards. And um, my first song pick this week is I'm going a little bit folky and back to the 60s. Um, and uh, I don't know if anyone remembers a trio called Peter, Paul and Mary who were in that sort of late 60s uh, um, sort of hippie folky genre and um, they actually uh, did Puff the Magic Dragon which you might remember and uh, uh, wasn't all about a kids TV show uh, but they also did a song called Leaving on a Jet Plane and Won't Be Back Again and it sounds like Sergio is leaving on a jet plane and won't be back again so that is my first um, <laughs> pick for the week um, uh, that's probably because I'm, I'm guessing I've got a few years on you, Adam. That's probably uh, before your time, that song. I don't know if you've ever heard it before, uh, Leaving on a Jet Plane. Um, but um, uh, I'll be honest, never heard of it. Never heard it. Well, if you give, <laughs> if you give a listen afterwards, uh, I'm sure you, you, you might enjoy it. But um, it was actually written, I believe, by John Denver, who is another old folky guy from the 60s. But um, anyway, so that's my first song for the pod this week, Leaving on a Jet Plane. Uh, Sergio is leaving on a jet plane and supposedly not coming back again, but we shall see. I'm sure he will be back. <laughs> um, so uh, you mentioned actually there, uh, Adam, you said what you were like on a golf course when you were 10 or 11 and, and, and what have you. So oh, yeah. a, a question I always ask my guests is, what sort of got you into this um, weird world that we inhabit where we're trying to work out um, uh, Jonathan Vegas's strokes gain stats from the last week or whatever? What, uh, uh, what Were you a golfer first? Um, sounds like you were playing when you were young. Were you a golfer first and then started studying it from a betting point of view? Or um, is uh, your golf game secondary to your, to your sort of um, studying from the betting front? Well, I'm certainly more successful on the betting front than I am on the golf course. Um, but I, it all started from, yeah, quite a few years ago, actually. So got into golf through my, my dad plays golf, but my overriding memories when I was a kid is, is playing my granddad, actually. Um, right. He was a, he was a very good golfer, uh, got into the game very late. Um, but he ended up playing off single, single figures well into his kind of sixties and seventies. And uh, I just absolutely love visiting him and then being taken to their local golf course. So their local golf course uh, was in Waterbeach in Cambridgeshire. And it right. it, wa it wasn't a particularly great golf course, I'm going to be mm. honest. But it was on an army base. So not only was I playing this sport with my granddad, who I love spending time with, but mm. at the same time, that you know, you, you'd, you'd pull up at this army base you have to be checked over by these soldiers with massive machine guns and okay. um, then you'd kind of drive through and you'd you'd go past a few army vehicles and tanks and stuff like that uh and then you'd get out on the golf course and and just yeah there was there was just all these things going on it was it was fantastic cool and when did that gradually turn you towards the betting side of things uh when did you suddenly realize it was a, a sport worth studying from that point of view so betting the, the the thing that got me into betting was a grand national so i've always yeah. i've always bet on that since i was a kid um, yeah because my family have always kind of it's always been like a family tradition so that yeah. that was kind of got what me into, got me into betting originally yeah. um i've only recently got into golf betting so i'd probably say i started i want to say about 2018 Okay. Like that. Yeah. maybe 20 Two years it was when it was when francesco Molinari won the open okay yeah 
So that that was that was literally the first time I think I won a bet, and that was okay. thanks to your guest last week, actually. Ben. So yeah, yeah, it was Ben. Yeah, so I, I I think I'd stumbled across him on Twitter and started following him, um, and he suggested Francesco to win the Open, and I think he won about hundred to one. And I was thinking to myself, hang on a second, that's a that's a that's a decent payout, you know, with horse racing, it's such small odds, isn't it? So yeah. yeah. Um, I started doing a bit more research and I think originally I was just following a couple of people with their bets. And then I realized I could maybe start working things out myself. Um, mm. And yeah, just started to delve into it and started to try and f- I think at first it started to, it started with um, course form and history and stuff like that. And then obviously yeah. it started to get into all the, the strokes gained and things. Um, yeah. And it's just kind of snowballed from there really. Well, you're certainly, um, uh, you know, getting plenty of attention on, on Twitter with your selections. And I know you're having a great 2022 so far. So uh, k- kudos to you. The more the more opinions and voices we have in, in, in this sort of uh, uh, Twitter bubble we inhabit, uh, the, the better as far as I'm concerned. And, um, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I think I think sometimes, sometimes one of the tricky things now, so when, when I first started doing it, I don't remember following that many people. And I don't remember yeah. that many people being on Twitter, mm-hmm. putting up their golf tips. But... Mm-hmm. There just seems to be absolutely tons of people now. And mm. I think what I struggle most with now is obviously I'll do my own research, I'll pick my own picks. It's then seeing other people's picks and mm. kind of stopping yourself from getting involved with them as well. Because you'll you'll see someone's picks, you'll see their their thinking behind it, and you think, Oh, that's, oh I miss I missed that angle, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then you and then you end up getting a bit of you know FOMO from it. So uh, I think that's the thing I struggle with the most at the moment. Yeah, I mean, from my point of view, I because uh, I know you know a few people not particularly about me, but just in general, there's been I've, I've read a few threads and comments over the last couple of years about how it's morphed to the fact that basically if you don't get your bets on on a Monday, uh, you, you're screwed because the odds have gone and what have you, and and you know there's no time to digest things and take things in, and you know whoever you might be looking to back basically by the time. Tuesday or Wednesday comes around, their their odds will have just been cut because someone will put them up and what have you. Uh, for, from my point of view, just because of the way my my work what week it's scheduled out uh with sort of other commitments and, and what have you uh Monday is the day that I am up to do this so basically I get my my stuff done on a Monday you know my, my preview obviously I'm starting to research over the weekend and and um so I'm I'm always really clear that um I don't actually look at anyone else before I do my selections because I don't want to be influenced by yeah, uh, same. other people. Uh, and once I've done my selections, it is what it is. And you're right, then I'll t- probably look at someone like Ben or whoever and, or, you know, or plenty of the other names out there and, and it'll be, oh, yeah, um, perhaps I should have gone with him or then. But really, <laughs> I, I, I stick to what, what I've done and uh, yeah. uh, and it is what it is. And, um, you know, even with a frustrating time we're having of, of late, we're still ahead for the season, so I'm not going to complain. And last season was a fantastic season. So, um, you know, we do Doing all right, and process, isn't it? Yeah. Doing all right, and let's hope this will this will be a week that um, it all comes good for us again. Hopefully, the pod will bring bring you some luck, and you'll bring me some luck. So uh, um, I was thinking that. Yeah. So we move on, and it's Byron, the AT and T Byron Nelson, and um, we're back for the second year this uh, this year at TPC Craig Ranch in McKinney in Texas, which is uh, um, uh, you know a, a sort of um, a few miles away from Dallas, uh, where we used to be uh, at uh, the previous. Uh, course and um it's so it's the second year as i say this this course has held the event it's a par 72 playing to just over 7400 yards uh bent grass greens um it's tom weiskopf design 
So from the point of view of a, a comparison, uh, it um, is worth looking at um, TPC Scottsdale, which is a redesign of, of Tom Wisecoff's uh, where the Phoenix Open is held. Uh, and I was kicking myself this time last year because I actually said that in my preview uh, and then didn't back KH Lee, who had had his best finish of the year at Scottsdale. So um, uh, there's definitely a sort of correlation there, potentially. Obviously, we've got one year to go on, but um, uh, certainly a correlation worth it, it exploring. So um and um yeah uh obviously you can look at your other tpc courses out there as well uh low scoring events this was a low scoring event last year i think it was minus 25 or thereabouts that uh, uh kh lee got the job done with so you got your likes of uh uh the john deer um on tpc deer run um uh you got uh tpc river highland so uh a lot of these sort of um other tpc tracks where you can see sort of minus 20 or so uh um getting the job done. Uh, so, um, yeah. Uh, what were you looking for? What, what did you make of this course last year? And what were you, what were you looking for on it uh, this year when you, when you sort of started doing your research, Adam? Yeah. So I think it's clear it's, it's one of the easiest courses on tour, isn't it? Um, yeah. There's some pretty wide fairways out there. Uh, one of the longest courses on tour as well, I believe. Mm. Uh, it's like you said, just over 7,400 yards long. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really going to be who can who can hit their second shots close and and putt best this week. I think that is, you know, the only defence out there is probably going to be wind, um, mm. as it's such an easy course. So I don't know what. Obviously, it's hard to know what the weather's going to be like today. Um, but closer to the time, it'll be interesting to see if any of the winds pick up. Uh, I know it's obviously going to be hot with yeah. where it is. Uh, looks like it's going to be like thirty-seven degrees out there. Uh, whilst they're playing so that's it's quite hot conditions so dry conditions yeah just be interested if that wind picks up near the time yeah um there is a little bit of wind in the forecast i was gonna i'll touch on a weather forecast in a in a, in a minute a little bit more but yeah there is some wind in the forecast like you say uh heat uh, uh sun and heat wise we got a complete polar opposite to what we had last week so the guys who were uh uh, up in uh, the, the DC area and, and we're freezing their proverbials off. We're going to uh, uh, enjoy some sunshine this week, a bit of a contrast. So, um, And um, being as we're on a ranch um, or TPC Craig Ranch, I, I believe you um, your first song pick for the week uh, t- ties in with, um, with you were going down the ranch angle for your first track, I believe. I am indeed, yeah. So uh, there's a band that I absolutely love called The Foles. So I think I went to I went to a New Year's Eve party somewhere in in North London a few years ago, and they were performing live. Uh, ever since I saw them, I've absolutely loved them, and I, I love all their albums. Um, so yeah, the Foles is my first pick, and it's called Two Steps Twice. So it's quite a slow burner, um, but it builds up through and has a real kick at the end, about two thirds of the way through. So yeah, good song. Oh well, I'm looking. Um, I mean, they're one of those sort of bands that I've heard bits by but never really sat down listened to full album not seen them live but i love spanish sahara and i actually put that on a few weeks back when i was tipping john rahm i think it was riviera possibly but um yeah uh, that's a yeah. very good song yeah so um i'm um i must i don't know this track but i'm looking forward to giving it a listen so um uh yeah cracking pick for your first uh first pick um and um yeah so we got one year coming back to the event we got one year's history to look at and uh, like we say kh lee got the job done last year sam burns in second place um i mean t- take your point about um it being a long course but i wasn't um 
too drawn in on thinking it's a bomber's track because obviously Burns hits a long way, but KH Lee can't be accused of being a big hitter. And, um, you know, we had Daniel Berger and Charles Schwartz up there in the top uh, top five, Troy, Troy Merritt. Um, so he doesn't, uh, Doc Redmond was in the top 10. So it doesn't necessarily look that, um, you know, powers are hugely key here, but we've, we've obviously got um, only one. One year to go on, so uh, and it was a bit of a mix of styles, really. Um, something that I also did pick up on, and anyone who's seen my preview, which I put out earlier, will have noted on, on this, is that um, these events the week before a, a major, um, it's very rare that we have um, a, a big name winning them. Now, um, in the last 12 months to two years, um, or, or going, I mean, I, I looked at it, actually, going all the way back to 2018. Uh, Jordan Spieth did get a win the week before the Masters last year in Texas, but obviously his game had been all at sea and hadn't won for a while. So he was certainly 100% focused on getting that win. Um, and um, a couple of the WGCs that um, uh, uh, preceded the PGA when the PGA was back in August were won by bigger names um other than that the only big name who's, who's won the week before a major um uh rory won in canada in 2019 but otherwise you go down your list you've got jj spawn this year john glover uh, sorry lucas glover at the john deere last year higo at the palmetta kh lee obviously here uh before that we had ortiz before houston uh fratelli at the john deere sun kang here um so it, it's it's certainly an opportunity for the um uh, lesser names. Um, did did you treat the very top of the market with sort of uh, a bit of trepidation this week from that point of view? You think they're here for a bit of a warm up? Ah, uh, yeah, I agree with you, Martin. I I completely ignored the top of the market. Actually, um, I think out of all of them, Spieth would probably interest me the most. Yeah. Uh, I think he was twenty to one last time I checked. He mm. he does have a good record before mm. majors i think he's recorded quite a few decent results mm. before majors so it's it's obviously something that whereas others are just working on their game he he seems to to be able to perform and obviously he got that win like you said in mm. valero last year um on the, on the valero texas open but yeah i i didn't really it wasn't really interesting me like you said there's, there's too many opportunities here to potentially land a a bigger price, I think, and yeah. potentially a triple triple figure price. So, yeah, uh, in the market, looking at the betting, we, we've got obviously um, Scotty Scheffler now uh, is, has finally taken his rightful place at the top of the market. So he's uh, he, he's ten to one pretty much across the board, and then it's fourteen to one Justin Thomas, uh, and then really we've got three three or four players who are at very similar odds all around the twenties, maybe twenty twos mark, which is um, uh, Xander uh, DJ um, fresh off his wedding, I believe uh, the aforementioned Spieth and Sam Burns, um, and then also. So Will Zalatoris just behind them as, as well. So um, weather-wise, uh, as we really touched on, we're looking at uh, uh, a bit of a scorcher this week. So 90 degrees, um, no chance of any rain or thunder or anything from what I've seen. Uh, and uh, just a bit of wind uh, in the forecast potentially, although like we both just said it's a bit early in the week to be 100% certain on that, but um, uh, that could become a factor. Uh, so my next song uh, that I'm going to roll in here is uh, In the Hot Conditions. I'm going to go back to 1999, one of my favourite bands, um, and, and it's going to be uh, Muse. I don't know if you're a Muse or a bit of a Marmite band, aren't they, Adam? So you either love them or hate them, so I don't know which category you fall in there. Uh, but I've, um, I've never no, really listened to Muse. 
Never is that's interesting. So it's a new yeah. news person. So um, uh, the old cliche about news is you've got to see them live, basically, which is true. They are amazing live. But um, um, uh, this is from their debut album, Showbiz. Uh, and it's actually uh, called Sunburn, and there'll be uh, some of that about this week if uh, the players aren't uh, uh, careful and get all their sunscreen on. So that's my uh, <laughs> uh, next selection. Um, it's uh, Sunburn by Muse. Uh, and um, let's get into the picks. And I'm going to roll out my first pick because uh, it's um, uh, basically uh, I'm the only one who's dabbling with the top of the market at all. Uh, I obviously avoided, as we've said earlier, I've avoided the sort of names that you would consider who are warming up for a major. Um, however, um, I do feel Will Zalatoris, as, as short as his odds are compared to some of the other big names uh, there as well, uh, will be 100% focused on this. Um, he hasn't, of course, got a win yet. And this strikes me as a perfect opportunity for him. Um, yes, the odds are a little bit skinny but um he's got so much pointing to him to me this week uh he um we really talked about how tita green is was key um last year with kh lee and sam burns um first and second in in tita green stats last year uh and willie z is a, a monster from tita green as we know he, he's basically right up there at the top of the stats on on that department on tour um he played here last year and finished 17th uh, uh and he um I'm just going to double check this to make sure I'm absolutely correct. But uh, yes, he ranked first in approach play here last year and third from Tita Green, uh, but was 70th with the putter, which is obviously the, the story we, we've come to sort of um, see from him from, um, uh, you, you know, more often than not. But um, to me, he only needs to putt neutrally. It's like Keegan Bradley said last week. Um, if he putts neutrally, he's got a chance to win as opposed to losing strokes with a putter. Uh, and I think if Willie Z putts neutrally this week, he has to be there or thereabouts. His, his form is quite likely golfed of, of late, but his form coming in is is, is very good. Three top tens uh, and his um, last three starts, if we include the pairs event. Uh, and, of course, he has the Texas link. Um, he's Dallas-based. Um Texans have a great world. He's not born in Texas, but he's he's based in Texas, and players with Texas links uh, have a tremendous record in 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 Texas. Um, so I just think this is a great opportunity for him to get that first win. And um, uh, yeah, so he's my first selection. Um, two points each way on um, uh, on on, on Willie Z. And um, I, I believe uh, feel free to add any comments you've got on Willie Z, Adam. But I believe you're first selection uh you're going with a guy that um uh you you mentioned your chance last week who um unfortunately fell away slightly you're giving him another chance yes i am so i, I do like your zalatoris pick in terms of he performed here really well last year in terms of approach didn't he yeah. um i think he'll have to do the same again uh and like you say that the putting just wasn't there for him last year and i that's the one thing that still puts me off him at the moment is i've i just keep watching these clips on uh i'm on instagram and i yeah. i keep seeing his clips pop up on instagram and his putting stroke is just I, you, you wouldn't believe it's from a professional player you know um so i think that's the one thing that puts me off with Salatoris at the moment but he's no doubt about it he's an absolutely quality player isn't he mm. um but yeah my first pick is vegas and i wasn't i had to really think about this one because the price isn't amazing 45 to 1 i got him at um and obviously there's some quite big players in and around that price but he's a three times winner on tour 
granted the last time he won was in 2017. Um, form reads going into this 27th, 4th, 18th and 15th. So he's, he's in really good form at the moment. Mm. Uh, ranks 10th in driving distance, obviously being a, a, a long course. Uh, and he actually ranks 21st in approach as well. 16th for Eagles per hole, which is a stat that I really liked. Obviously, there's, there's four par fives here. Um, and you're going to have to make the most of them if you're going to ra- uh, rack up the score. So... He, he yeah his approach play has been excellent recently led the field last week uh he's off the tee last week was what I let him down he he lost over a stroke uh, off the tee and i think with the much bigger wider fairways he'll he'll get away with that a lot more this week so that's kind of one of the reasons why i've i've, I've gone on him in him again um like i say the price was a bit small but uh I couldn't ignore the fact that he finished top 10 last last year. And obviously, with not much stats that we could go on, um, that was key into my thinking as well. Uh, and he has links to Texas. And like you said, people yeah. from in and around the area, uh, I believe he attended university in Texas. So um, yeah. I like that as well. Yeah. No, there's, there's a lot to like about him. He's been playing great, as you say, of, of late. And uh, I'm not... Um... Not going to argue with him as a selection. He's he's a player. He's a player I've I've found hard to get right. Um, and yeah. um, another thing you didn't mention actually, which he does have going for him this week is uh, um, he has won um, he has won twice uh, the week before a major, isn't he? He's won twice in Canada. Uh, I yeah. think, uh, the week before a major, so uh, I mean, you know, it's a very, uh, very loose strand. And if you if you didn't like him, you wouldn't be putting him in just because of that. But uh, um, I guess uh, you know these sort of little things are in players' minds if they if they get in the hunt. And uh, he, he's obviously uh, a player who's sort of focused on on, on the job in hand uh, the, the week before uh, um, a, a big event. So um, so yeah, I, I can see see why you, you've chanced him. And um, uh, I guess it's one of those that uh, if you're on him last week and you saw a lot to like in him then um uh roll the dice again which is exactly what i've done with my second selection this week uh who is brian Harmon, and um brian Harmon caused me a lot of anguish yesterday uh sean caused me as much anguish as he caused himself though because uh, uh as one of the best putters on the pga tour uh i'm sure he was mightily miffed with whatever was going on with his um um his uh flat stick as they say uh yesterday because it was um yeah he's i think it was jamie worsley who's been on this 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 show a, a couple of times and uh you know was obviously um uh, a very shrewd judge who, who was also on him and uh he mentioned that um he hadn't um this well yesterday was his worst putting round in something like three years or something on tour uh, and he lost over three and a half strokes and he just continuously was you know obviously following up shot tracker and it was just sort of eight foot putt after six foot putt after five foot putt after nine foot putt was just going going uh you know going by and, and he racked it up by missing a seven foot putt for birdie on the 18th which would have got him a share of the place money so so i i've sort of sat down and i thought okay well he did a heck of a lot right. He's, he's long game. He's obviously very accurate off the tee. Um, and um, his approach play that has been letting him down is, is coming good. Uh, and, um, yeah, he, he did an awful lot right um, last week and just couldn't hold a putt, basically. So you, you have to think, just as I don't expect Keegan Bradley to putt the lights out again next time. I'm not sure he's teeing up this week, but next time he, he tees it up, um, I don't think brian Harmon has become a bad putter overnight so 
I'm just taking a view that, I don't know, maybe he just couldn't get to grips with the soft greens or, or whatever, or not they weren't that soft, but the, the wet greens, I should say, and, and the conditions and what whatever. He just had a bad putting week, and, and I just can't see him being as bad again on the greens, which if you take that away, uh, then we look at the fact that he was sixth from tee to green, uh, 19th in approach play, um, uh, strong, obviously, on his accuracy. So um, he, he's one of those shorter types that potentially can dismantle a course like this. Um, find, your, find your greens, hold, hold the hold the putts, basically, under normal circumstances. Uh, exactly what he did when he won the John Deere for his first win in 2014. Uh, 22 under par, so he can win a low-scoring birdie fest. Uh, he entered quite late this week, so uh, I don't know if... Um, what the change of heart was where he just felt his game's really close he wanted to keep the keep the momentum rolling but um i just decided i was gonna you know if he'd passed it half decently he'd have been up there with the top three basically if he just put it to his normal self so um uh yeah uh you, you look at the way fitzy was holding the putts yesterday and what have you compared to Harmon, and there's your sort of um uh you know four or five strokes between them basically so uh so he's worth another chance for me so uh my first pick this week is uh brian Harmon, 60 to one points each way fifth of the odds first eight um and i'm gonna throw in a song for brian Harmon and uh it's um, another Brian. Uh, I'm going, we've had some news, so we'll have some placebo as well. We're going with our angsty rock bands this week. So um, <laughs> I'm following Brian Harmon to The Bitter End, which is uh, one of my favourite placebo tracks um, from their Sleeping With Ghosts album 2003. Uh, Bitter End by Placebo with Brian Mulko as uh, uh, the lead singer. So it's from one Brian to another. Uh, so that's my um, second pick. Um, I believe for yours, you've got, and there's one guy, Texas, connected guy that I looked at um, very closely who you've gone with and another around a similar price as well um, uh, you, you, you've sided with who performed well last week so give us give us your next two um, Adam uh, so my next two I have <clears throat> Davis Riley yep so uh, I think he was 60 to 1 two times winner on the uh, Corn Ferry Tour last year or did he win twice last year? He won at least once last year. He's, he's won twice on the Cove yeah. um, on the Corn Ferry Tour anyway. I think he won uh, twice on the sort of extended season, if you sort of mean. Yeah, it was yeah, a bit yeah. of a, yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, but what I liked is one of those wins did come in Texas. At the the uh, San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. TPC San Antonio. So, um, yeah, a lot, I like that. And I just, there's something about him that he's, he's a class act. Um, he's, he's putting actually caught my eye in a few of the uh, tournaments that he's played. Um, and I know it doesn't necessarily show that if you look at the strokes gained on, on the, um, PJ tour, but just, just watching him on TV, I was just seriously impressive how he, um, hold some parts under pressure. Mm. Uh, and I think that's going to be really important here. Um, form reads, He's been second, fifth, and fourth if you include the the Zurich as well in his last five, last five starts. So he's he's absolutely on fire, um, and he averages fifth. His birdie average he ranks fifth. Uh, he drives the ball a long way and actually quite straight as well. Uh, so he ranks fourth in total driving, um, and again he's sixteenth in birdie or or better conversion, which is. Um, obviously going to be a key stat this week with with the high scores that they're going to have to achieve to, to win this tournament. Mm. Yeah. And then my second pick, Lanto Griffin. 
so he was a very last minute addition actually um i was it was kind of i was looking at erin van Rooyen, um who subsequently i think is withdrawn um and also i was looking at seamus power and um aaron wise as well but griffin just edged it for me 66 to 1 uh obviously got a, got a win and tour in houston um which is a massive tick for me for this week uh coming into some form of late 15th for mexico sixth last week as well uh similar run of form when he clinched his first title so i think he finished 17th and 18th before winning in houston so i i, I quite like that um uh, approach recently has been very good he was seventh he ranked seventh for approaching on for the valero uh 24th in mexico and sixth last week uh and for me, he's performed well on correlating courses as well. So, for I mean, I know it's quite hard because we've only had one tournament here, but I basically just looked down the leaderboard and, and uh, looked at the top kind of eight players and where they played well. And Pebble Beach seems to be a place that came out quite a lot, along with the Sanderson, Sanderson Farms as well. Yeah. Um, and Griffin has played well at both of those uh, and then earlier on in the year he shot two rounds of 64 and a 66 uh, and i i just feel like he's probably gonna have to do a similar sort of thing to win this tournament so i like the fact that he's he's got those low numbers this year already yeah that's interesting actually the pebble beach because yeah i must be i haven't spotted that so it's a good spot and i'm just looking back at last year's top 10 and ties now and you're right we've got obviously Berger is a former champion there Stallings has popped up there a few times Troy Merritt I was on him there this year when at 150s when he uh finished fourth I think it was uh Spieth obviously um yeah, so, uh, Schwartz, yeah. as well I think yeah, Schwartz, really well yeah. there. I think Bramlett he's got a and a tenth. decently there as, as well actually yeah so, he's got um, 18th and for yeah. him obviously that's quite good so yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah. So. yeah I, I mean it's got bent grass greens isn't it at um Pebble Beach I believe and um, I'm not sure on that. I, I, yeah, you might, might, might possibly. I, I thought maybe power, but um, yeah, but um, yeah, I, I, and, I, and it's, it certainly appears right, to be a link and low on. scoring as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So there seems seem to be a, a loose link there. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, yeah, uh, and more significantly, um, one of uh, our previous guests on the show, Dave Tyndall, uh, brought the nugget to the table that Lanto Griffin was brought up in a hippie hippie commune, I believe. So, um, uh, <laughs> so I think that's right. Unless I'm, uh, uh, I'm sure he said that. So when he because he put Lanto Griffin up um, when he was on the first time, and uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty certain he was brought up in some kind of sort of um, co commune type uh, uh, sort of. Um, facility shall we say so which is maybe where the, the name lanto comes from so uh there, there you go so uh but um uh yeah he's 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 trending nicely into form isn't he so and, and davis riley i mean I, I do like davis riley and i did look at him this week it was to us what what put me off, off in slightly i know he is a good ball striker but he's a his approach stats aren't fantastic um and um he, he didn't. Uh, I mean, he, he he didn't sort of strike the ball so much, so sort of so much in Mexico last time that made me think. Uh, you know, he's not a Willie Z type, as it were. So, uh, so that no, was what I tried, tried to be away from him. But um, yeah, it wouldn't be a surprise to see him play well there, of course, because because uh, yeah. he, he played well in Val, the was it a Valspar? I think it's a Valspar in, uh, in Mexico. The, the Valero, wasn't it? Uh, the, the, the the Valero, I think. Uh, no, sorry, not the Valero. Oh, Valspar. Sorry, the Valspar. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I'm getting it was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even there. His, his approach play wasn't amazing yeah. um interestingly but yeah so he's, he's obviously doing other stuff but yeah for some yeah. reason that was more of a heart overhead that one but 
Yeah, I've just yeah. got a fun. I've got a feeling for Riley this week. Yeah, well, he's. I mean, he's a player, obviously. That um, you, you know, if you keep him on side, he's going to reward you, sort of. Um, yeah, sooner rather than later, of course. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, it was it was the foul spot, wasn't it? Um, yeah, getting me V's muddled. So, um, <laughs> okay, so uh, let's let's move on. And uh, the, the next pick we we've, we've both gone for. So I'm going to let you, uh, as you're the guest, I'm going to let you uh, uh, do the honours and um, uh, make the case for this man. But um, we, we're both on uh, one of the young guns. On tour out there so you uh you, you give us your thoughts and i'll add anything i, I feel that uh you know i want to but yeah what, what's uh what's your, tell us tell us our next guy so sahith thagala uh 100 to 1 i thought that was a, a pretty generous price uh i have a feeling in a few years time we probably won't see that sort of price i feel like he's a, a real special player and i know he's obviously very new on to tour but um i mean i don't know I don't know where his ceiling's going to be, but there's just something I absolutely love about this mm. guy. Um, and the things that stood out for me, similar similar to you, Martin. So obviously he was he was third in the Phoenix yeah. Open, um, which is is a big tick for me. Obviously KH Lee had a, a, a similar sort of result before he won this. Um, finished seventh at the Valspar as well, with um, a few solid performances in between. Again, someone that's impressed me with his kind of putting when I've been watching him. Um, he also ties in with the Sanderson Farms correlation course that I like. Mm. He finished eighth there. Um, his accuracy off the tees is probably his main issue. Um, mm. And what's obviously great about here is that's not going to be such an issue yeah. due to the wider fairways. And yeah. um, he also ranks third in total birdies this season, which again uh, is, is a great tick for me for this course. Mm. Seventh in total eagles. Uh, and he likes going for the green as well. So, you know, you're going to have to be aggressive at this course, and, and that's yeah. definitely Sahif. So um, there's a lot to like about him. And according to the PJ website, the city he plays for me is Woodlands in Texas. So right, okay. there's, a, there's another Texas link there. Right. I must have had picked on that. He's a Californian guy, you know, by, yeah. by origin. But, uh, so yeah, I, if, you you scroll to the, if you scroll down the bottom to, of his yeah. profile, there's mm -hmm. something that I've never really noticed before. And it says City, City plays from, and it's Woodlands in Texas. So. Right. That's interesting. I didn't, didn't know he had a Texas link, but obviously um, that's a bonus if he does. But uh, yeah, uh, like you say, he likes these low scoring events. Uh, obviously, you mentioned about the Sandersons, um, the obviously the phoenix link uh, okay we've only got the one year to go on but it's an obvious link to pursue with uh yeah uh with lee from from last year uh and um he was 24th last time out in mexico opened up with a 65 um four and a half strokes he gained from tita green uh on day one and he gradually sort of faded from there but shows the game's not not far away so uh he's actually a player i've got in my six to follow for this year i do i don't know if you've seen it but i do a uh at the beginning of each year i do like a six to follow on the pga tour for the year which um last year we had a blinder this year not so much so far but um <laughs> uh um I'm always that, yeah oh absolutely it's the whole of the year so uh, uh i'm hoping <laughs> Sahith um uh rewards us um uh at some point and this seemed a good opportunity for him so uh there was uh, he's, he's obviously been tipped up somewhere else because uh the 125s that was there earlier in the day is, is pretty much gone he's been well has gone yeah hundreds across the board so obviously a few other people have picked up on that um pretty obvious link with uh uh, with, with Phoenix so um, so it's um, uh, hopefully a week for one of the young guns and I believe your next musical pick is um, fo focusing on, um, on on the youngsters you're siding with this week 
Absolutely, yeah. So because I've gone with Thigala and Riley, um, I've gone with a, a song name called Youth, and it's uh, it's done by a band called Daughter. Uh, beautifully written song by uh, a girl called Eleanor, and it's quite a melodic melodic track, which is uh, I think how you described it earlier on martin which yeah, i, I yeah. thought fit it really well uh and i actually used to to work with eleanor who is the lead singer of of daughter and yeah. um i remember she mentioned she was in a band and we used to go and watch her live in all these kind of little small uh places and then she just went from strength to strength and and ended up performing in some amazing places like glass and room and things like that so um a really really good album worth listening to uh and i absolutely love this song marvelous uh, so, i mean i listened to it for the first time earlier and i really liked it so um and that's what it's all about with you know uh as i said last week to ben um uh and i said to most guests if it was if it was me just picking the same old guitar bands week in week out i think the listeners would get a bit uh, a bit bored so uh, <laughs> it's great to hear so you know one of the things i enjoy most about doing this pod uh is hearing some new music um, and, um, you know, not just the songs the guests bring on, but, uh, you know, the suggestions that come on for uh, the free bet. Uh, you know, I'll go and listen to some of those, even if I don't get picked for the bet. So thank you, everyone, for your suggestions every week. And, yeah, it's great to hear new music because I love my music, obviously. And uh, uh, it, it seems like, and obviously you, you mentioned there about, um, you know, you used to, to, to work with your friend there who's gone on. Well, it seems, it seems like music is quite a big part of your your life and you know some great picks so far have you have you always been in, into music um you, you know do you, do you go and see much live stuff and and uh you, you know how passionate about your music are you yeah i'm a big, big fan of music um loved it since i was a kid always used to try i was always listening to kind of alternative stuff so you know when when i was at school it was all kind of like take that and things like that and i was never into that sort of stuff so i was yeah. always I was quite into my dance music back then, um, mm. like the Prodigy when they were first about was kind of my thing. Yeah. Um, and it's just continued throughout my life, actually. I, you know, when I was in my teenage years, I used to like going out a lot and uh, finding all the best clubs with the best DJs and stuff. And I lived in London for 12 years, luckily. And mm. um, that was just, just a pinnacle in terms of kind of being able to see live bands and going to festivals and all of that sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It, massive fan of of all kinds of music but yeah brilliant do you get out i mean what was if i put you on the spot what was the last gig you went to do you, do you get out much these days to see stuff or was life taken oh, over? oh and... yeah life's taken over a bit moved out of london um family man now so right. uh i would say there was a guy so i went to see um a guy called kay trinada he's a canadian guy right. uh that was a fantastic gig that I went to quite a few years ago now. But um, yeah, that's one that stands out for me. Excellent. And one of the um, one of the questions I often ask my guests to put put you on the spot. Can you remember? And I've got to got to be mindful of the uh, uh, the age the age profile here. I'm told uh, how old you are compared to me. And so I won't say the first record you ever bought, but maybe the first first CD or first um, first download even or whatever. So you ever? Got yeah. So it was a, it was a tape um so it was yeah it was tape i used to have a little ghetto blaster in my room um and i'm trying to think because i used to record a lot of my stuff from the radio do you know when you used to do like the the, the stop and start on the record yeah. when, when you wanted yeah. to get the songs that you wanted on the radio yeah um, so i am showing my age a bit there um yeah. but it was probably it was a but it was a ravey band actually so I, I said i was into my dance music and there was a band called alton eight alternate right, okay. and yeah. um that 
that was that was my first tape that I ever got for Christmas from my uncle, I think, bought me that. And funny enough, I got to see them a couple of years ago at Glastonbury and it was just the best time ever. Because I was always too young to to go out and kind of properly enjoy their sort of music because it was it was a bit of a kind of like nineties acid rave sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I was I was kind of maybe 10 or 11 at the time and I was a bit too young to, to go out and enjoy that. So the fact that I got to enjoy at Glastonbury a few years ago was was brilliant. Cool. Uh, I must admit, like, uh, and this is going to segue nicely into your next musical selection. And, and uh, um, like I said a minute ago, it's all about bringing some eclectic music taste to the table and, and not just my one dimensional stuff. But uh, for, for once of the very broad umbrella phrase of dance music, because I understand there's so many different genres and segments to that and what have you. Um, I've just never been able to get my head around it, really. So uh, <laughs> I think it was Morrissey who said, um, hang the DJ, it says nothing to me about my life or whatever. You. So uh, <laughs> uh, in, uh, obviously, the Smith classic, Panic. So, um, uh, but, um, yeah, I, I, I will admit, I mean, the Prodigy, because I was brought up in Essex, so I do know um, the Prodigy pretty well. So, I mean, not personally, yeah. I mean, as in, the, uh, you know, they were um, uh, around when I was around in, in, in Essex. So, um, yeah, so I can uh, I, I can relate to that one. But, um uh, and if you'd gone with some uh, Death in Vegas for Johnny Vegas, I could have related to that. I don't know if you, know, you remember them at all, but um, uh, bro broadly speaking, my my knowledge on dance music is very limited. But you're going to bring a dance music track to um, to the pod, I believe. So t tell us more. Yeah, I thought I'd just go a bit more alternative, Martin, with my last pick. So, uh, and it was just the name of it as well, Lone Star. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you couldn't get more Texas, Texan if you if you tried. So. Uh, Lone Star by FYI, FYI Chris. So it's uh, it, they consist of two producers, both of them are called Chris. One of them actually shares my surname, um, and they're from South London. And I lived in South London for a few years, so um, it it kind of has you know th there's a few links there for me as well. Fair enough. Yeah. And uh, I must admit, I, I, I got uh, a couple of minutes into it earlier on and uh, I will. Um, switch off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, <just switched laughs> off. I, I will say I wouldn't be rushing out to uh, see, well, see them live. It's probably not necessarily the right, uh, right phrase, but, um, you know, it's um, I can wear as 20 years ago, I'd be like dance music. Ugh, turn it off sort of thing now i can appreciate um different genres so uh, just as i could with uh, uh kenny kim's opera when he was on the other the other month so uh, and uh, i'm looking forward to having you back on kenny so i hope you're recovering well because um i promise you can have some opera when you're next on again so uh so i can appreciate the different genres and um yeah and, and like you say lone, lone stars an obvious link to this week so um yeah coming it was, back it was the a more to look to that rather than the uh me, me liking the, the song. I just thought it was well, no, you, gotta, you know, I'm sure it's a bit of both, um, but uh, yeah. Um, so um, coming back back to the golf, and my my next pick is another Lone Star connection, um, and um, I'm rolling the dice on Dylan Fritelli. Uh, 125 to one, one point each way, fifth of the odds, first eight. Uh, and um, obviously South African by uh, by birth, but uh, he's a University of Texas grad, I believe, um, possibly even a teammate of Jordan Spieth or something, if I'm getting that right. Um, uh, and um, yeah, he uh, he made some waves uh, in Texas a few weeks back at the Valero Texas Open. Uh, he was in the hunt um, right until the last half a dozen holes or something, the back nine, and before he fell away a little bit and actually uh, slipped back into eighth place. But uh, he played some great stuff that week. And um, he has been playing really solidly of late. Uh, he's made his last eight cuts on tour. Uh, his last two finishes have been somewhat um, sort of ruined a little bit by his final rounds um 
He had a 76 at uh, Hilton Head on Sunday, which is, is pretty grim round Hilton Head, um, unless the wind's blowing, which it wasn't hugely. Uh, and um, uh, then he dropped four shots on his last eight holes uh, just uh, um, this week, just gone at um, TPC Possumac. So uh, so he ended up with sort of a couple of 50th place finishes or 60th place, whatever, when he could have been a lot higher up the leaderboard. But um, uh, he hit, still hit the ball really nicely at the Wells Fargo. He was he was 24th from T to green. Um, and as I say, he's obviously doing a lot well at the moment. And um, uh, as I say, I like the fact that he challenged in Texas the other week. And, and I also like the fact that, um, a little bit like I mentioned about Harmon earlier, he um, shot the lights out at uh, TPC Deer Run uh, when he won his first title, or his only title on the PGA Tour today in 2019. So we know he can um, uh, sort of rip a sort of easy TPC lay out a part in a sort of low scoring fest if you like birdie fest so um and um he also has the length to take advantage of the par fives and and also although he obviously hasn't been wrapping up his weeks well of late uh, particularly at the Valero as I mentioned um he has produced a couple of big finishes in majors over the last few years so it's not like he wilts when the big names are around on the leaderboard so um you, you know I'd have a little bit of confidence in him if he was up against a JT or a Sheffer or whatever on Sunday afternoon so um so I thought um 125 to 1 it, it was worth risking to uh uh to sort of uh go well again on the back of his last performance in Texas and and again sort of um you know deliver the Texas link that we often often look for in in this um neck of the woods so um and um I think uh, is it uh, just one more pick for you, Adam? Um, who, who's your final man this week? Uh, I don't see any comments on Fitelli. I'll uh, appreciate, um, but uh, yeah, t- tell us more on your final man. Yeah, I, uh, no real comments on Fitelli, other than I, I've tried to um, back him a few times, and I really struggle to kind of get when he's a bit like you said with Vegas. Is I find him quite hard to predict, um, but. Definitely some good reasons there for backing, especially the Texas and Texan link. But um, yeah, Kurt Kutiyama is my last one. So uh, he went to university in Nevada, Las Vegas. So conditions are, are not he's going to be comfortable with. He's, his approach play in the last two tournaments have been really solid, ranking second last time out and 18th in Mexico. Uh, and he actually sits 10th. Uh, for the season in in approach, he's also quite an aggressive player as well. Likes going for the greens, um, which which I liked for this week. Uh, hasn't obviously quite new to the PGA Tour. Don't think he had too much success originally when he went on to the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, so he kind of travelled around and and found some success on on other tours, including the DP World Tour. So he's had two wins there. And I think obviously that could help him. Um, and he just seems to have started to find his feet now. So with those last few results that he's achieved, um, and if you look back over his past few years, his results kind of come in clusters. So, you know, he, he performs well and then he can go missing for periods of time. So he's, he's banging form at the moment. So I, the price for me just really stuck out. Uh, I mean, he was he was at 150 to one at one stage, but I, I got him at 125 to one. Um, and he also ticks my boxes. So Honda seemed to be another, the, the PJ Nationals seemed to be another course that, 
that threw up a few correlations from the from the previous year. Uh, Pebble Beach has finished 18th, and um, even though he only finished 45th in the Sarnison Farms this year, he did score. T he, he scored um, yeah two really low days there, and he wasn't in any sort of form at that stage, so that interested me as well. Yeah, he's a player. I mean, um, just like you said about, uh, I'm, I'm going to throw some of your fratelli comments back about Kissy Armour. I mean, he's, he's, in, um, he, he's in obviously in great form at the moment, but uh, and of course he's a two-time winner on the DP World Tour, so he knows how to win a golf course tournament. Goes out saying, but he just in, in this little run of form he's had at the moment, he just doesn't inspire me with any confidence when he's on the tee. He, he seems to be sort of hanging on to his round for dear life. Hold, you know, this is when he's in the content, contention stage, shall we say, on the last you know 18 or maybe 36 holes. He's like, you know, he had the rights off the tee at um, uh, in, in Mexico, and they were pretty wide fairways. Uh, uh, he, um, uh, you know, he was saving it with the putter a, a lot, and, and I just sort of, if I'd been on him, I wouldn't have, uh, I'd have been grateful for the place, and wouldn't have had any great confidence that he was going to uh, uh, get the job done. But um, obviously, he's got, he's certainly got some guts about him because he's hung on in there even when he hasn't had his best stuff on on Sundays, and. Um, yeah, and you, you're right with the the driving, and that was that would definitely be what concerns me the most. And I don't think his his driving accuracy is uh, is is too good this year. Mm -hmm. um, but what I found was interesting is he he finished fifteenth last week, mm -hmm. um, and we know how challenging those fairways were, and and that the accuracy was was quite key. Um, mm -hmm. So I just found it interesting that you're right, Mexico, he, he, he did go a bit wayward at times, but he seemed to have found some to finish 15th at Wells Fargo. I think he's, that, yeah, that, that he, maybe not as bad as I, I was thinking it is. Yeah, he's, he's obviously on a bit of a roll at the moment. And, you know, whenever you can get a player who's um, producing the finishes, he, he is at uh, uh, sort of 125s or, or thereabouts. He's certainly worth a look. So it could yeah. it could be one of those selections where he, he comes in on Sunday. A bunch of people are on him because of the price. And I'm I'm shaking my head and thinking, yeah, you know, you should have just gone with the current form, really. But, um, uh, yeah, so I, I can see why you, you, you sided with him. Um but um, for my final selection this week, I'm going to go with a second player who I had in the team last week. And um, it's the other one who, not in quite the same way Harmon did, because um, uh, Harmon just uh, had me shaking my head with a putter. But this guy, to be fair, produced a good final round on Sunday to nearly sneak a place. And that's Ches Reevy. Uh, and um, uh, Ches, you can still get uh, 150 to 1 for uh, eight, eight players, 150 to one, eight places, uh, 150 to 1, fifth of the odds, first eight. Uh, and um, he's, I mean, he's been AWOL for the last year or so, but um, he, he produced something in Mexico on a course which was, uh, you know, favouring the Bombers. And obviously that is very much not what uh, he is. Um, and um, again, uh, you know, in the sort of on the saturated TPC Potomac, um, he, uh, uh, he, he um, was, um, again, holding his own and, um, you know, he's, he's obviously finding a little bit of something. Uh, he's gone um, uh, 13th and 12th in the, in the two weeks. Uh, his, um, his stats at, um, at the Wells Fargo uh, were very, very impressive. Uh, he was obviously as accurate as normal, but uh, he was also 13th from tee to green, 17th in approach play, fourth around the greens, 33rd in putting, which has been his weak link. And in fact, the only negative 
sort of strokes gain stat he had all week in any of the sort of key categories was day one with a putter. Other than that, he was gaining shots on every department of the game um, on uh, all, all the four days, apart from, say, Thursday with the putter. So, uh, and that was very similar to, to how he was, um, you know, across the board uh, the previous week in Mexico. So, so he's obviously found something. And um, one of the sort of reasons or sort of things I put forward last week for him uh, was that he has a good record on TPC courses. And that was why, again, I was sort of looking him at, so I keep saying TPC Potomac, it's probably TPC Pot- Potomac is probably the correct pronunciation. <laughs> uh, but um, anyway, uh, he um, uh, he has a great record on TPC courses. Uh, he's um, performed really well at uh, TPC River Highlands. And key for this week, he's got two top fives um, uh, over the recent years at TPC Scottsdale. Uh, so I just thought he was worth another chance. Again, he's the kind of sort of, you know, a bit like you get a, a sort of Ryan Moore, and God knows where he is at the moment, but you get sort of like a Ryan Moore who takes TPC Deer Run apart and wins at 20 plus under or, or, or whatever, or indeed KH Lee here last year. He he strikes me as the sort of player who, if all areas of his game are working, he can just sort of, um, you know, sort of preci- precision golf around here and, and sort of surgically take it apart almost. So, um, but I just felt he was worth sticking with again based on his, his record at TPC courses, TPC Scottsdale in particular, uh, and the fact that he's obviously found something in his last couple of starts. So, uh, so Ches Reavy is my final selection for the week uh, at 150 to one. And my final musical selection for the week is, um, I, I couldn't let this go by the Byron Nelson without getting a... Um, poetry type reference in so obviously we got byron uh a very famous poet i don't know if you're into your poetry adam um what you were like at your english literature at school or whatever awful uh, awful fair enough so (laughs) i'm not going to claim to be a a knowledge of the great poets either but i do know shelley was a famous poet as as well so um uh, obviously going from byron to shelley uh which is going to take me to pete shelley uh which probably is going to have adam shaking his head because again this is probably before his time um ever heard of the buzzcocks uh, apart from the TV show, never mind the buzzcocks. I was going to say that uh, the TV show is is the only thing that springs to mind. Well, I'm assuming that never mind the buzzcocks was named after the buzzcocks, uh, yeah. who are a um, late seventies new wave punk band who were very sort of um, uh, famous back in in that day, uh, and they did some great sort of harmonic poppy punk songs um uh pete shelley was one half of the buzzcocks along with steve diggle the sort of songwriting partnership pete shelley sadly long longer with us he um, had a heart attack i think it was a few years back now um uh a big loss for the music world um and um uh this song is basically my favorite buzzcock song and it's called harmony in my head uh and was a single in 1979 and um it's uh, a cracking tune so that's my final musical pick for the week um harmony in my head uh by the buzzcocks from pete shelley to uh byron nelson uh, it was either that or come up with something to do with um admiral nelson and sailors and what have you but i couldn't uh, <laughs> think of anything on that front so um so that is pretty much it for this week um from the point of view of um our picks uh next week um i actually don't know who's gonna be on next week because i'm still uh still working it out but uh, so you might be back next week adam if, um, <laughs> I, might, I might be back on the on the on to you saying you want to come back next week but uh, um yeah we've got a major next week obviously we've got the pga champion so um uh yeah i'm um still putting next week's pod together but someone will be here i'll certainly be here anyway and it'll be a cracker i'm really looking forward to southern hills next week um we've obviously got the free bet to wrap up for this week uh and i've had the usual fantastic selections in um 
Uh, we've had a, a cowboy related selection, so I'm just pulling them up now on my phone. Some of the selections that we've had. Bear with me a second. Um, Chris Lofthouse, he wanted to get Milburn Cowboys and Indians in. Uh, Chris, you've won it. You've got uh, Milburn Cowboys and Indians in. So uh, uh, well done. I've picked yours over um, some um, Homer Simpson related stuff, including Do the Bart Man that was suggested um, <laughs> from last week. Uh, we also had, um, what else did we have um, uh, put in? Uh, and I'm going down on this. We had Kitty Cat Max by the Thousand Clowns for Homer. Um, uh, thank you, Greg Petru. I must admit, I don't know that tune, but I'm going to give it a listen. Like I said, I get to listen to new stuff. Oh, and, Space um, Cowboy would have been good, wouldn't it? Space Cowboy, Jamiroquai. Yeah, Space Cowboy. I wouldn't. Oh, God, I wouldn't have had um, the man with the tea cozy on his head. I'm afraid he wouldn't have been. <laughs> sorry, um, sorry, Jamiroquai fans, if you're out there, but uh, he's not my cup of tea. But um, oh, he, sure, he's fantastic at what he does, but. It's just uh, not my thing. Um, and um, where are we? What else have we got here? I had uh, quite a few uh, few other selections. And uh, what was McNulty's selection? Um, where are you, McNulty? So, um, God, I've lost them all here. Sorry. Um, anyway, we had some great selections. Thank you guys for sending them in. Uh, and um, it's uh, Cowboys and Indians from Milburn. Um, Chris Lofthouse, he suggested it last time we were in Texas, but he was too late. So he said, I'm going to suggest it again next time. So he's got it in this time. So well done, Chris. I'll be messaging you about the free bet. Um, and um, yeah, so um, let's just have a bit of a recap. Uh, Adam, remind everyone of your picks this week on the golfing front, first of all. Uh, yeah, so we've got Vegas. We've got Riley, Griffin, Digala, and Kitty Armour. Marvellous. And for me, it's Willie Z. Uh, two points each way for Willie Z. Um, and uh, all 50 odds first eight, mine, and uh, the rest one point each way. Uh, Brian Harmon uh, gets another chance. Uh, I'm with Adam on Thigala, uh, but it's Dylan Fratelli um, and Ches Reeby getting another chance from next uh, from last week as well. Um, and um, if you can remember to remind uh, every one of your musical picks for the playlist, um, Adam. Oh, yeah. Uh, musical picks was so the first one was The Foles, Two Steps Twice. Second one was Daughter, Youth. And third one was Lone Star, FYI, Chris. Fabulous. And my musical picks were, this is the bit that always catches me out because I always forget my musical picks. Uh, Peter, Paul and Mary, Leaving on a Jet Plane. Um, some nice 60s folky music there um sergio is leaving on a jet plane for somewhere um sunburn by muse in honor of the hot conditions that we're going to have this week um bitter end by a placebo for brian mulco in honor of uh, brian Harmon. i'm following brian to the bitter end this week uh and my final musical pick was harmony in my head by the buzzcocks um in honor of um being at the byron nelson which links us nicely to that famous poet uh, pete shelley of the buzzcocks um and um the obviously listener pick is cowboys and indians uh by milburn from um chris lofthouse so well on chris um Adam, I hope you've enjoyed your um, Golf Alternative pod debut. Uh, and uh, it's been fantastic to have you on. Uh, remind everyone where they can find you on Twitter, where you put your tips up. What's your Twitter handle? Yeah, Twitter handle is villain. Marvellous. And I suppose we can't let you go with um, out finding out what the Aston Villa connection is. You don't sound like you're a 
but I was going to say a brummy, but um, yeah, you're absolutely right. There. Yeah, there's there's absolutely no connection there. Um, I suppose the only connection I could potentially find is that they won the uh, league title on my uh, year of birth, but. Um, it was just something that I, a team I started following when I was at school, basically. Um, all my mates fought at Arsenal and Tottenham, and I just didn't fancy going that route. So uh, at the time, I think they had players like Paul McGrath, Dean Saunders, uh, all of those sort of players. And uh, it was just something that I, they were just players that I love watching. So ended up supporting Aston Villa. Well, I like your style. You go left field with your music because all your mates listen to take that. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, you go left field with your football. So I've actually got a cousin who's I well, a cousin-in-law married married to my cousin, if you see what I mean. Uh, he's another Brian. I don't suppose he'll be listening, but if you are Brian, uh, good evening. Uh, and he's Irish, based in Ireland. Um, completely and utterly Irish and for some reason he supports Aston Villa and I'm sure he has oh, told sounds me like why. A good chap. I'm sure he has told me why at some point but um I can't remember why but um uh but uh yeah so uh it seems to be the thing with Aston Villa fans that you sort of randomly support them so, <laughs> um, and I'm sure there's quite a few in the Birmingham area as well so um anyway thank you so much for coming on Adam it's been fantastic uh I'm looking forward to having you back again in the future uh and um thank you everyone for listening uh enjoy uh the music don't forget to turn it up loud uh and let's hope we have some winners and um look forward to seeing everyone again next week uh or hearing everyone again next week um back on for uh our preview of the pga championship so um thank you very much and good night <laughs>